What's going on, team? Welcome to an episode of the Keep Going Podcast Season 2. This is your co-host, Luke Wheat, coming out of Knoxville, Tennessee. Before the show starts, make sure to follow us on our socials. Okay, Twitter, the Keep Going Pod, Insta, the KG Podcast, and YouTube, at the KG Pod. Just a reminder that we are not psychiatrists and not psychologists, just a couple ex-athletes trying to make a difference and end the stigma of mental health. Thank you guys for listening, and let's get to the show. That keep going moment. My keep going moment. That's my keep going moment. Let's keep going. Welcome, team, to episode 61 of the Keep Going Podcast, Athletes Shining a Light on Mental Health. We're already juiced up this morning. This is your co-host, Luke Week, coming out of Knoxville, Tennessee. Joined here by Pat O'Malley, Jackie Tripp, and Dana Powers. Pat, where are we coming out of? You know it, baby, Athletes HQ, the AHQ in McChesney Park, Rockford, Illinois. Happy to jump on this morning. How about you, Jackie? Where are you coming from? I'm coming out of Plymouth again. Had a Bridgewater game yesterday, and the Bears got the dub. So all good vibes in Massachusetts right now. At least some Bears team is winning. That's I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> we need to clarify. We need to clarify. Yeah. Bridgewater other, Bears. <laughs> the other Bears haven't won since, like, uh, Bill George played. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, all right. Jackie, I'm going to have you introduce your boy, Dana Powers, here. We're super excited to have him. All right, awesome. So this week we have Dana Powers on. So I've known Dana since I was probably uh, 11 years old. He's a former college athlete. Um, He ran track and field at Bridgewater State, coached soccer there. Dana has been a teacher for 11 years. He just moved down to Bluffton, South Carolina. He teaches health and PE, and he coaches club and high school soccer. And I know him from his time as my middle school teacher and coach. So I'm excited for him to jump on today. Um, I'm lucky to have gained a lot of knowledge over the years from him, and I'm excited for him to share it with us today. Yeah, 100%. greatest best team in the history of middle school girls basketball. Yes, let's go. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> like 20 and 0 that year. I know. And that's uh, we're Jackie. Good stuff on the intro, um, Dana. We always love to get um, a brave soul who's a teacher and a coach, but also a middle school teacher. Um, I didn't know you were insane. So it's good to have you on this morning. <laughs> I've actually switched it up living down here. Now I'm, I'm out of high school now, but yeah. okay, there you go. You found the light. You found the light. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say, I'll say this, Dana. It's, it's always good. Like Luke said, to have a coach on here, have a teacher, have a mental health advocate, man. This is what we do. So something that we touch on every week is, What'd you do this week for your mental health? So for our listeners, we kind of make this a survival guide for our student athletes, for our families that listen. So what have you been doing when things are going well? What is your game plan, man, mental health wise? So it's actually, I'm, I was actually in a point before, one of the reasons I moved down here was because like my mental health was in a spot where it just wasn't good anymore. Like a massive reason for me moving down here was my mom is my mom retired down here like a few years ago my brother's been down here for like 10 years twin brother single mom so we're like that tight unit and right. I just kind of ran myself into the ground back home working too much not taking care of myself it was just in this like massive funk where something needed to happen or it was going to get even worse so that's when I kind of just pulled the trigger and packed up and moved down here so it's been a massive kind of focus of me personally is the biggest things I've noticed myself is like if I'm eating well and I'm active, I'm a much better human being to be around and to help others. Like, I know like you can read as many studies, but until you stop doing those things and you see how it affects you and then you restart getting into some of those good habits and you see the swing on the other side, 
So like, I know I'm in a good place. I have a board up here where I'm literally like track my whole week in review. I have like how much physical activity I've done, how much pages I've read, how nice. much time I've spent on a new hobby. And then I have like a small win section and a big win section of just stuff that went well this week. Yeah. So I try and like find little stuff that goes well throughout the week. And then I log it up here. So I have that visual of what my week looked like. But if I can get active every day, even if it's just a walk and I just take some time kind of off a of screen and off social media for myself, I'm, in a it's that simple, right? It's that simple. Yeah, okay. Simple, not easy. Simple, yeah, not exactly. easy. That's I mean, what it was like. Even back home, like that's what's tough about like depression and mental health. It's like you know what you need to do, and you just can't get yourself to do it. That was the most oh, frustrating. Yeah, I was in a, before I moved it, down here. I knew I was like, yeah. yeah, I knew I was slowly wasting away and just getting myself into a worse spot. And I knew what I needed to do about it, and I just couldn't get myself to do it. Like, yeah, it just a simple thing this morning. I scroll on Instagram for thirty minutes. Like, I didn't need to do that. <laughs> like you know like it, i found myself spencer and takes me my girlfriend i was just like okay uh when was the last time i should take it's been a while uh when did i sit and start doing the numbers and i looked over the clock it had it had to be at least 30 minutes and i was like okay put it down yeah. go do something else go clean the coffee pot don't go do something, something. to get better <laughs> right now <laughs> yeah no i like that and dana what i want to ask you and i know you've had some transition over the last year or so when you made the move, what did you start with? You said you have this huge visualization board now. Like, was there like one thing that you pinpointed on or were you one of those guys that said, I'm flipping the script, it's starting today? So that's what it was. It was literally, I just, I needed a change. The move kind of happened almost last minute because I got a job like kind of last minute. And I was just like, if I don't take this chance now, then it's never going to happen. So I actually packed up and just moved down here without even fully moving out of my apartment at first. And then I ended up coming back to do that. Cause I was just like, it's now or never like, this isn't going to get better. I'm not going to magically find a fix for this. So I need to change something in my life to kind of kickstart a new version of myself. And so I just literally packed up as much as I could moved, found a weekend to come back to Massachusetts and finish the move and just new chapter full, full yeah. in hundred percent in. I'll pass it. But sometimes you got to jump into the deep yeah. end to see if you can swim, bro. I love yeah, it. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny oh, you touched yeah. on that because I remember seeing when you moved, Dana, like I, I talked to you after the fact, but I remember like, I was like, I, he definitely didn't have this plan for super long because I feel like I would have heard about it. I'm like, yeah. I saw you went down there. So how are things going down there at the high school level? Good. It's awesome. Like I found, so at first I was going to work at one school and then that actually fell through last minute because of like HR issues on their end. And it, it was a blessing <clears> disguise because I ended up at like the most amazing high school environment that like I've ever been a part of. It's like, it's awesome. Culturally, we're about a third Latin American, Spanish, about a third African-American, about a third white. And it's just, they our admin has created a community where dude, everyone just looks out for each other. Like there's no issues. Everyone cares about each other. Teachers support each other. Students support each other. So I ended up in a perfect place for like the things I care about and the stuff that was high up on my list. So no, I'm really happy. It's a great school. It's a beautiful area. Got some awesome people to coach with. And so far, so good. I, I think uh, all the teachers out there can relate to the mental health struggle of not having the best admin. Um, you know, they can make or break kind of your school year. And uh, makes or yeah, break man, that, school, that's right? 100%. I found a great uh, um, team over at Webb uh, two years ago. And, and man, I, I can totally sympathize with what you're saying. Yeah. Um, that's amazing. I'm glad you found your spot. Um, and, and you've been doing some coaching on the side as well, right? Yeah. So I'm coaching for Tormenta FC, which is a club down here. I'm just coaching one team and then doing a bunch of goalkeeper training. And then I'm a coach 
at the high school as well um, in the high school program, kind of helping. I'm going to be helping both teams a little bit, the guys in the girls program, which is awesome because I miss coaching girls big time. But yeah, it's just a great fit. I, I found like a nice mix right now where I'm still putting, I'm still working a lot, but not like I was back home and I'm happy with my work. So like it, back home, it got to the point where I wasn't happy going to work every day. I still like to coach, but it was like my day job was yeah. something I had to do and didn't get to do anymore. And now I'm at a school where I wake up and I get to go to work and like, I'm excited for it. And it's, you walk in and we're all just supporting each other. So I think I have a nice mix right now and I get to see some family, which I don't think I realized I missed as much as I did. I got two nieces under six and a twin brother yeah. down there and my mom now. So I think I, I think I kind of told myself too long back home, like, no, I'm okay without him. I can check in on him on the holidays and stuff, but it's a different world now that I'm down here. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think um, for me, you know, the, the last year I was all new classes yeah. Uh, in high school, so I was teaching. We don't have a book per se, but one of the classes was AP Spanish. So you know, AP gives you a guide. Yeah. And I was kind of teaching out of the guide, and you know, I wasn't really passionate about the topics, and so it kind of turned into okay, this is a day job instead of this is me teaching Spanish. So this year, okay. I haven't used a single lesson from last year. Just took all that knowledge I learned from the course and started putting my own twist on it. It's been way better this year for sure. Dude, Pat, what do you got? Awesome. I might have yeah. to pick your brain too, because one of my hobbies is learning Spanish. So I've been hey, doing. Hey, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, puppy. If if anybody's gonna help you in the Spanish department, it's definitely Luke. You know, I I just know Luke has put a lot of work into that one. And and when you're teaching somebody, as you guys know, as coaches, as teachers, I, you can help other people, right? Like you could really get that influence out of them. And, and the more that you do it, the more influence you have on others, of course. What I want to touch on is, if you don't mind, Dana, is kind of your upbringing in the game of soccer. I'm I'm not a soccer guy, so like I like listening to our soccer guests talk about young Dana Powers and how you got caught up in this game and athletics in general. How did it become such a big part of your life? Yeah, so athletics was always part of my life when I was a kid. I think it's because my mom made sure that like, well, it was also a different world back then. Like, it sounds I'm going to sound like an old guy when I say this, but we were the kids that were out riding our bikes around and had to come back home to eat breakfast because we were already outside playing. Hey, we need that. We need yeah. that. Been, been there. I, yeah. it's the saddest thing ever when you drive through a neighborhood now on like an 80 degree day and there's not a single kid outside. So my mom always had us outside, like no matter what. So I was playing multiple sports. I played hockey growing up. I played hoops growing up. But soccer was the one that like I always kind of stayed with. So I just loved it. I loved. I started playing a little club when I was younger, but it was, that was a different world back then too. There was one team, and you had to make it. And if you weren't good enough, they told you you weren't good enough. So, and then we had a really good high school team. We lost in the state um, state semifinals my senior year of high school because that we had all played together growing up. I ran track as well in high school though. So when it got to the college time, I ended up actually just focusing on running, but loved the game, stayed around the game ended up getting really into coaching after college. So started with just like helping my buddy who was running a JV team and who was running a varsity team in Stoughton, Massachusetts. And I coached his JV guys, just kind of kept building up from there. And I kind of like my story, like that I'm one of those coaches that like made it to a pretty high level without playing the sport in college. Yeah. 100%. I love that. Yeah. So it definitely, I've, I'm always been a firm believer that it can help you be a good coach, but it certainly doesn't decide if you beast. And then, few years ago there i am coaching college soccer without ever ever playing it and we had a ton of success i just i think 
And we, Pat, you probably, I think we've talked about this before, Pat. Um, Jackie, you may have been on the team by that point. But, you know, so many coaches are, like, successful coaches are not the ones that excel at the sport because they had to learn how to learn the game. Yeah. Right. 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 And it just makes so much sense when you think about it. Um, so that, that's what your story kind of reminds me of. Or you can um, just coach people and the sport is just kind of the the avenue or the tool yeah. through which you're coaching people. Like my favorite coaching story is the head men's volleyball coach at Springfield College, the winningest volleyball coach in all of college volleyball at any level. He got the job because they needed a coach and him and another coach played rock, paper, scissors to see who had to coach the volleyball <laughs> team at Springfield College. True story. Oh, I had no had idea. And yeah. he ended up creating the single most winning volleyball team in NCAA history. And he started with zero knowledge about the sport. Huh. Man. Yeah. Huh. That's a fantastic parlay. Like we were just talking about with the Spanish deal. Like, Luke, no disrespect, man. You didn't come out the womb speaking Spanish. No, not at <laughs> all. Not at thing. all. It's investing in yourself, caring about what you're doing, and then investing in your people. I think that's so strong. And you see some of the the best motivators, the best leaders become successful in this game and athletics in general. Jackie, what do you got? That Springfield coach, I, that just reminded me, I kind of forgot about that, but I went on a leadership field trip in um, high school and we went to Springfield College and he spoke. And when he walked into the room and you could tell he was a winning coach, not because of his ego, but because of like his energy. Like he brought this energy in, like he knows – he knows what he's capable of, but he's like open to discomfort and learning. And he gave us a whole speech. And then somebody asked him, you know, where'd you play volleyball? And he's like, I had never, he's like, I had never like really picked up a volleyball. And I think what's good about coaches like that and like Dana and people that have, that know the game really well, but haven't played at the collegiate level is that there there's that willingness to learn and understand that like, I'm always going to lear be learning the next step. Whereas with people that have played the sport that go into coaching, sometimes you run into the issue of, oh, I know everything because I played at the college level. So sometimes yeah, yeah. it's like they kind of, their growth stops at a certain point because they think they know everything. Whereas with these other coaches there, you just have to have the willingness to learn and grow. And I think too, they put the right people around them too. I'm sure mm -hmm. that Springfield coach hasn't just kept non-volleyball people in his ranks, you know? So he's been cycling people out that know stuff about the game throughout the past couple of years as well. So it just makes sense. Yeah, and he just knows how to lead people. Like, you see it in soccer and other sports all the time. It's like some of the best tactical X and O's guys can't relate to a kid, can't help a kid who's struggling, yeah. can't get people to work hard, can't get create a culture that wins. So, like, they could talk X and O's and tactics and formations with the best of them, but they can't put, a like, a team of people who want to support each other together. I'd rather be on the other side and know less about soccer and more about motivating and inspiring people because one of those is a lot easier to learn than the other. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. John Gordon talks about all the time. You know, you got to put the right people on the bus, but they got to be in the right seats. And yeah. <laughs> people driven leadership, man. Like I'd love to say that we know the most about soccer, basketball, baseball. I really wish that was the case. It'd probably make our lives a lot easier at times, but sometimes adapting and taking bits and pieces from everybody we've kind of met good, bad, or indifferent. I say this every episode makes us who we are and it makes us impactful it makes us passionate you can tell that we're invested in other people and our players and you know lives yeah. and I, here's another thing i want to ask and if you don't mind i 
if you didn't play soccer in college, we've touched on this, which I think is so fantastic, man, that you've been able to influence people and put the right people in your ranks in your corner. Who motivated you? Like, who was your number one motivator coming up? What was the influence for you? Oh, that's a great question. So you always remember those, like, couple teachers I had. Like, my, my avenue into teaching was kind of a long one, too. Like, I remember back in high school, I wanted to be a teacher. I was in, like, tomorrow's teacher's club. And it was run by, like, the best dude in the school, and everyone loved it. Then I went to school, and I majored in, like, exercise science and kind of talked myself out of teaching. And then eventually I had to go back and do it the long way. But you just think about, like, my mom was always a great motivator, not in the way of like, rah, 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 you got this more of like, whatever decisions you make, I'm here to support you. So take some risks, make some decisions. Like, we don't care about money. We don't care about any of this. Like, go do what you want to do. And then I had an awesome soccer coach when I was young. He was from Italy. So he came over and everyone was. Shout, shout him out, Dana. I need names, my man. Shout him out. I, I'm blanking. I honestly don't remember. I was like eight years old, but he had just come over. So at first everyone was worried that like he was going to be the guy who knew everything and looked at <laughs> American soccer. And we had the best year. We had the best times. And honestly, in a weird way, without mentioning names, like I've been motivated by people that I felt like didn't help me out a whole lot either. Like weren't yeah. great leaders, weren't great coaches, didn't necessarily care as much as they should. And then the other one's my brother, like my twin brother. Like he, we always push off each other we always motivated each other we always supported each other so just knowing that like it was always someone there was huge but I think I'm like anyone is you look back and you you know those teachers and coaches that helped you and you know those teachers and coaches that you didn't want to be like and in a way that kind of motivates you too that's reminded me a little bit of a Hatton story Pat from a yeah. couple weeks ago yeah I I think it's powerful no I agree Jackie what do you got Sorry, I couldn't find my unmute button. Um, no, we talk about this a lot too. My sister and I, we literally were talking about this last night. Back to the, the coaching thing. It's like, if I we were like, if I were to coach, I'd be like this. I'd be like this coach we had, or I'd be like this coach we had. And we were comparing like, one of our club coaches to one of our like high school coaches. And I'm like, I played better for my club coach than I ever played for my high school coach. Even though I think my high school coach has better knowledge on the game, but my club coach always asked, always called me by my name, always asked me, how's your mother? How's, how's your, like knew everybody in my family's name and knew what was going on. And it goes back to that quote where it's like, they don't care. They don't know. They don't care how much, you know, until they know how much you care. That's why I always play better for the coaches that might not even have the knowledge, but just cared about me better. And like Dana, I think really had a good relationship with my twin and I, because I think he saw a lot of himself and Caroline and I, and how much we pushed each other. So he was able to like maintain a good relationship with us because he kind of, I think he saw, you would agree, Dana, you probably saw a little bit of that in Caroline and I. Yeah, for sure. Like definitely saw some of like me and my brother and you too, because you were also like, so like intrinsically motivated that like, you didn't need someone to motivate you to work harder. You just needed someone to care about you. And that was mm -hmm. it. Like, you were always going to work hard. Like I still remember, I was actually looking at the video. I was trying to find the video before we went on today. I still remember when you wrestled your sister in class <laughs> in a wrestling unit. And, like, neither one of you wanted to give an inch. And it's like, that's how, that's how you two live your life and everything, though. And, like, you want to be the best player, but you also want to be the best friend and the best sister and the best daughter. And I think that's important. So, like, kids, like, you need they just need support. It was the same thing when I was running the varsity program at Pembroke. It was like yeah, I could teach them as much as I wanted about soccer. And that was definitely part of it. But they finally, after a few years of not being able to find one, like had a guy who like just cared about him. And 
Like I can guarantee you that was more of a factor in our success than learning some ways to play the best way. It was just having a guy who supported him and cared about him. Yeah. 100%. Authenticity doesn't whisper. It screams. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. It does. Yeah. That's a good <laughs> shout. You ever have a conversation and I have these daily and I bet you guys do too, being educators, being students, being friends, you're trying to talk all this information to somebody and you got it all squared away, baby. You're prepared like boom, boom, boom. Finally, you realize it's not hitting home and you just start being compassionate and hitting something that really motivates them and brings their love and their spark out. And all of a sudden they're like, coach Pat, I get it. Pat, I get it. That's the difference. And I love that because it's so lost, right? Like the Belichicks, the Sabans of the world. Yeah, they're fantastic coaches, but they know how to get the best out of their players because they know they can't do it themselves. That's exactly. I think it's important to notice that every kid on your team is different. Like what worked for Caroline and Jackie and maybe didn't work for Carolyn Mullen or Meg Marcel or some of these other phenomenal players we had on our team just to use like our team as an example but there's no blanket way to get through to kids like i my goal as a coach was always to find what every single kid was passionate about and cared about and then those are the conversations i have with them and realizing that like this person needs to be motivated different from this person and this person needs to care to be cared about in a different way than this person and we can't look at a team of 30 and just say this is what we're going to do it's going to work yeah, like that's yeah. 30 individuals. So, like, if you, my goal is always try to, like I said, try to be like get to them as an individual, and then the individuals will lift up the team. Yeah, that's it. And that's uh, no, that for sure. That's as an educator, you know, that's you could have the best lesson plan in the world, but if the kids aren't feeling it that day, they're not going to learn anything. Exactly. So, if you don't learn how to pivot in the moment, it's just, it's just not going to happen, right? Um, and, and you know, I, what, what subject do you teach, Dan? So I teach health and phys ed. Okay. Okay. So, you know, there's, there's things you got to hit, but you may have a little bit more leeway kind of like I do in the Spanish realm of, yeah. I kind of get to teach what I want, but that also makes it a little bit more up in the air. Yeah. So, you know, pivoting can be a little bit tougher sometimes. There's not just the next lesson to go to. Um, you know, when you find yourself in a situation like that, when you find yourself in a frustrating situation of, okay, I'm not getting my point across. Maybe it's with your goalkeepers. Maybe it's with your kids in class. You know, what What do you do to reset? What do you do to kind of get back on track? That was one thing I've honestly kind of struggled with in the past was like, I, I take little breaks now from it and kind of reset my mind. In the past, I always thought like to figure this out, I need to dive in deeper and I need to get more obsessed about it in that moment. But now it's almost gotten to the point where it's like, let's say I don't have a great session on like a Thursday evening with the goalkeepers. It's like, I'm not even thinking about this till Saturday or Sunday. Like I'm yeah. off. I'm worried about other stuff and to go focus on me because there's nothing's going to come to it right after. Same thing with like watching films on a good example. I used to watch film like right after we played. Now I won't touch it for 24 hours because I want a little reset my mind. I want to look at stuff with a fresh view. And then honestly, the biggest thing I do is I ask for my players feedback. Like, I'll have them either fill out little things or just text me like, what do you think about the session? Pros and cons. What do you, what do you think about what I'm doing? Pros and cons. And I think just not having too much pride to realize that like, yeah, maybe the 17 year old kid you're coaching right now does know more about what he needs you to do than you know what you need to do. Cause yeah, he's the one especially that at that age, that. they need that prompting, right? They, yeah. they need to see that they're allowed to give that feedback. Exactly. Right? Cause a lot of adults in their life may not have, 
kind of prompted that before. It's kind of my road to the highway. Like, it's okay to communicate about what you need. Just make sure we're doing it in the correct way. And giving them that rope to kind of grab onto can be a good way of doing so. For sure. I love that, man. Yeah, I'm actually planning on starting. You guys were a part of me that kind of helped me kind of want to do this. I've always thought about it. And then the more I've talked to Jackie, I'm like, all right, this can be done. I'm, I'm going to start a podcast at my high school. It's going to be kind Dana, of healthy. Dana, Jackie has that effect on people. I'm just going to let you know. <laughs> Go ahead, go ahead. So I'm going to start a podcast at my school and it's going to be kind of like health related, but really it's just going to be an opportunity for high school kids to have their voices heard because they're not often put in situations where they're really valued and listened to. So that's something I'm excited to get off the road. Maybe I'll have you guys make guest appearance on it. And then... I, I would absolutely love that. And, and like I said, Jackie Tripp doing Jackie Trip things. This is surprising. <laughs> she actually, um, and I, I don't think I've ever told Jackie this, we had... Uh, Madison on uh, she's a volleyball coach a couple episodes ago and after her episode and like talking to all of us she started doing one-on-one -on -one interview podcasts with her team with her kids and she's she sent me a Christmas card and a really nice message and I and I love Madison I love everything she represents but she said she's never been closer with her players and her student athletes and I so I'll get you connected with her she's kind of our our guinea pig doing it at the college level I think that's incredible yeah, it's just yeah. everyone wants a voice, and I feel like that population is the ones who have kind of had their voices squashed the most but are also on the front line of everything that's happening. So they're the ones that should actually be the loudest, and they're the ones that are told to be the quietest. Yeah, and I want to speak on that, guys, if you don't mind. Jackie, go ahead first, and I'll jump into that. No, just a quick thought on that, too. I think it's good because, like, if you, even if you had, like, I think a podcast is great too because you could have high school kids go on and you could do like a feature like, oh, this is their quote of the week or whatever. But to dig in past the surface level on a podcast and give kids the opportunity to actually physically speak and sort of make them uncomfortable will cause them to grow from grow from it, excuse me, and give them the chance to have that voice. I think that's awesome. I think you'll kill that. And we'll definitely listen and be a part of it anyway. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Dana, I'd love for you to interview any of us. No, I that's incredible, man. Whatever ways we can help, you know, we're the people to ask. Cause we, we, we started this, how many episodes ago we were so foreign to this. It was listen to the first couple of episodes. You'll tell how brutal it was. It really was. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> trying to, I'm trying to figure out how to do it all. So I got my little podcast planner notebook. I'm putting all the steps together and stuff and I'm excited. <laughs> there you yeah, go. But look, we we just bought expensive mics and didn't do anything. Love that. Or twenty bucks. Dive in, man, and figure out how to swim. You'll figure it out. It, I love it, man. I love it. Stay there. And I'm just giving Luke crap. That was a twenty dollar microphone, and we realized that we were just uncomfortable being in front of a screen. We had to be like kind of moving. So yeah, that know, was weird. Yeah, that was weird at first. Our cars were in airports. I did one in the Wendy's parking lot a couple episodes ago. We're always moving. But what I want to stay with, if you don't mind, is the student-athlete side. Um, can you show your shirt real quick for the YouTube? Shameless plug for the YouTube, by the way, Luke. Yeah, absolutely. Dana, give us a little clap or something so that'll pop on screen. Yeah, there it is. Nice, nice. Love it. So we talk about ending the stigma, right? We talk about being a light for student-athletes and everybody with mental health. Talk about what mental health means to you and what you're looking to do in that field. So I think and I think this is like, what's interesting about it is that it can mean a lot of different things. To me, it's just about being comfortable with who you are and not changing for anybody. I think that's the massive part is 
owning yourself, being comfortable with who you are and not feeling like you need to adapt to society in any way, whether you're involved with it or not. And I think this is where as great as social media is, I think this is where it's really kind of killed us as a society is like everything's quantity over quality. Now it's how many followers can I get? It's how many likes can I get? It's not how many true friends that do I have? They're going to pick up the phone at midnight if I need them to. And it's just, we've just lost our way of what it means to have a support group and what it means to be yourself. And everyone's trying to adapt. Like it's a small example, but you see it with like these Stanley cups. It's like a Stanley cup popped up on a social media video. And now everybody has to have it. And it's just Mm -hmm. like a small minute example, but everyone just wants to be part of everything else. And I think they're sacrificing themselves to do it. So that's my goal is just get everyone okay with being themselves and not worrying about what everyone else thinks of them and having some self-confidence because that's always been what I struggled with most is my self-confidence. Like, and I still am like, I never think I'm doing well enough, like ever. And now I've gotten to, I'm starting to get to the point where it's like, I don't care. Like, I don't care if I am doing well enough. I don't care if I think that other people think I'm doing a good job. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to put it like kids first and I'm going to do it. And if everything works out and everyone thinks I'm great, cool. If not, whatever, I'm at peace now and I'm not too worried about it. Yeah. hundred percent. Man, that's uh, something I want to touch on with like the goalkeeper side of stuff. Right. Like any, anytime you make a mistake, it's just so exacerbated. Right. Yeah. Like it, it's a goal or not a goal. It's not, yeah. there's no in between. Yeah. Um, so that, how do you deal with that with your athletes that you're coaching, man? So the psychology is a huge part of it. And it's like the biggest thing that I found is yes, getting them to understand it, but also if you have a team around you that supports the goalkeeper, then it's huge. Like yeah, the casual fan will look at him and be like, the goalkeeper didn't save the ball. And it's like, yeah, well, the ball went by 10 other people first. Oh, it drives me crazy. Yeah. Drives me crazy. Man. Yeah. And it's like, people don't realize, I think how hard it is in soccer to keep a ball this big out of a 24 foot. Yeah. <laughs> so the psychology is definitely different. It's a different world. And I'm starting to work on just like little mental tricks with some of my goalkeepers, like, one kid just like to stay focused in the game, just sings songs in his head. And that's like his way to make sure he's not losing focus. If there is a big swing or a big game, another one has like a little mantra. He tells himself after every mistake that just kind of like resets his head. And a ton of it's just been like trial and error, like did some research on it, read some stuff, but just kind of sat with people that I would coach with. And what's your thing? Like, what's your thing that makes me happy? All right. You make a mistake. Perfect bring yourself to the beach in your head and just chill out for a second while everything resets, like whatever it go. is. But I mean, I'm, I'm at the point now where like, I think there needs to, and that, especially at the college levels, like the NCAA needs to get involved and make like mandatory mental health professionals with every program. Like it has to be, it has to be a thing now where it's, there's no, there's no choice anymore. Like this has to be a focus, but I think coaches knowing their role in this would be, help a lot more as well. Yeah. Jack, you already got, uh, I have a few things because this is just making me think of um, my sister obviously plays at the collegiate level and I have a lot of friends that do. And I always say to her, if coaches were, if like we, we're so big on mental health for players, if coaches were trained on mental health too, I think a lot of these issues wouldn't be as bad because it starts from the top. Like I think, I think even coaches sometimes are like, my players need to have good mental health. I'm like, well, you need to have it too because I've seen coaches lose their crap in the middle of a game. And I'm like, well, they, they're, they're getting mad about body language, but it starts from them. You know what I mean? 
And back to what you said, Dana, about people just need to be their self. I just pulled up this quote that I have that I always look back on because it reminded me of that. And it goes, I used to change myself because I didn't want to lose people. Now I don't change a thing because I don't want to lose myself. Yeah. Love that. Everyone's like, and I've always, this has been my biggest issue. Like my whole life is like worried about like what other people think of me. Like I want people to think I'm good at this. I want people to think I'm good at that. And it's oh like, yeah. Like my athletes tell me that without even saying it. Like I don't need to care about what other adults think or what other people say or, and it was just such a distraction for me being successful at what I was trying to be. And as great as like everything was and as good of a job as I did, like my kids probably lost out of lost out because of it on some level. Cause I was always so worried about like what everyone else thought about me or us or and now kind of like that quote, Jackie, was awesome. Like that's getting to the point where I'm at. Like I want to do a good job because I want to not because I want this person to know that I did a yeah. good job. Yeah. Just and because I, that's what I want my kids to get out of it. Yeah. And I think I definitely noticed like my mom always says like there were points like with me too, where she's like, I could tell you weren't all there yourself. Like I could tell the like intentions weren't super clear. And I could tell with you, Dana, when you were a little bit like, not there because it's like it kind of just seemed like you were going through the motions like i did this workout i did this and it's like you're always doing the right thing but i think for a while you know too like you kind of lost sight of that and i can definitely tell now that you're in a better space all yeah. around like is there anything that you do on a daily basis or that made i know moving made the transition easier but there is there anything you haven't touched on that helped you get to the headspace you're in now I've kind of segmented my day more, if that makes sense. Like, let's say I don't have a good day at work. Like, I do little things now to make sure that, like, that doesn't go into soccer practice. Or if I had a bad soccer practice, it doesn't mean I'm going to go home and do nothing productive at night. I've, like, kind of broken up my day in my head more. Part of it's just being around good people, too. But, no, I just wake up and I kind of make sure I go through, like, a good little morning routine, whether it's a workout or just a little meditation or a little stretch or just a little kind of self reflection we're gonna have a good day like and then i just go one step at a time and it's i come i compartmentalize a little bit better like i now kind of live by the mode of like i'd rather take like consistent small slow steps than like sprint out to somewhere and crash if that makes sense like i'm more worried about just like what the next step is instead of like what the next big thing is or what the end of the month looks like or what the end of the year is it's just what's the next hour look like? What's the next thing I have to do today look like? What's my next step? And Yeah, that, that was tough for me. I've always, my mind always wants to jump to the next big one. Big time. Instead of the next small. That's a tough one for me, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's well said. And I'm taking so many nuggets away from this. I know our listeners are going to feel the same. In that same realm, I have to ask you, um, obviously we're the Keep Going podcast. We ask our guests every week kind of what got them to this space. Because, Dana, I've known you for 30 minutes. Man, I love who you are now. But awesome. I know that you're working on yourself. I know you've been through some stuff. Talk about your keep going moment. Something that should have broke you down and it didn't. You got to the other side. So part of it was, so me and my ex-wife got divorced. That was definitely a big one where that one was interesting because, like, it was, like, as amicable a divorce as you can get. But then I almost, I almost had like late onset, like issues from it. Like I thought I was fine after I kind of moved on to different stuff. And then like down the road, all of a sudden I was like a bad version of myself. So I, I almost wonder like if not getting, maybe I missed some closure in there somewhere or something I didn't get to say that I wish I did, but that was definitely part of it. But it was literally like, I was just such a bad version of myself. Like 
I was teaching all day and I was coaching all night going seven days a week. And then I was just going home and literally just laying on my couch and falling asleep on my couch. Like not even like making it like to my bed. And I'm like, my keep going moment was kind of like, it's now or never. Like if I don't, if I don't do something right now, like this is going to get real bad. Like stuff around me was happening. Like I lost a couple people that I was close to, like a girl I coached and another person. And it's like, it's like, as bad as it sounds, it's like, I felt like I was almost heading in that direction. And I'm like, it was literally like a now or never moment. So just the mom, my support from my mom, just be like, dude, get down here. Like, don't care if you don't have a job yet. Just, just get down here and we'll figure it all out. It's literally yeah. like, I think that moment, like as weird as it sounds, I like, kind of saved my life was just pulling the trigger and getting down here. Cause I was on, on the surface. I looked great. Like I was still teaching really well. I was still coaching really well. Kids love me. Parents love me. And I just like hated myself. Yeah. Yeah. Which is yeah. a weird kind of spot to be in. Cause everyone was telling me how great I was and how great I was doing and that their kids love me and this and that. And then I was going home and I just like hated everything about myself. Yeah. yeah. It's weird. Yeah. Dana, I could just be imagining this. You said single mom, correct? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I relate to this. Yeah. I, I do a lot, actually. I've come from a single mom household. And when I went through that stuff three years ago, I've shared on other episodes. I felt very similar. Yeah. I Like, everyone thought I was doing so well. And I came home, looked in the mirror and I didn't want to, I didn't want to do the same. Yeah. So I think it's powerful and vulnerable. One, I want to say a couple of things that you shared that today. Cause sometimes the outside exterior is it's hiding internal pain. And that that's, that's a good way to put it. Cause that's exactly what it was. Like I'd work all day. I looked great at soccer practice all day. I looked great. Everything was planned out. Well, I was, I was super motivational me that the kids loved and could relate to. And I was going home and I was just like, oh, like I had nothing, no passions. Yeah. I was just the worst possible version of myself. You know what it is. And I, I've thought I've journaled on this. And I've thought about this. I, I'm a big music guy. We'll, we'll talk about Mike. I'll probably ask you about that in a little bit. Like the Eminem show, I believe it's the cover where like the curtains are upright. It's just yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. It's you're the man on stage for everybody else. And when you go behind the curtain, you're weak. You have nothing to give. And and you you're you just don't have it, right? I think it's powerful to see you now, man. Smile on your face, jumping on here on a Sunday. And I can tell you're working on yourself, and it's beautiful, man. And I I tell you, and it sounds so mantra, so you know, cliche. Keep going, man, because you have so much to give, but you have the most to give to yourself. No, and I think that's a big part of it. this is why, like, I was waiting to the end to tell you guys this, but, like, I hope you guys realize, like, how special you are and, like, how how impactful what you're doing is because, like, this is an avenue for me to come out and talk about this. And I think we always want people to, like, not be vulnerable and talk, talk about their issues and things like that, but they also need avenues to do it. Like, look at, like, I don't know how you guys met. I'm still interested in that, but it's, like, you three realized you cared about something and you just ran with it. And... Now, because of that, like 70 or so people have gotten to come on here and share their stories and help others and talk about themselves. And it's just, it's a really powerful thing. So I know you guys probably realize this, but like, I hope you understand like how awesome what you're doing really is. Like it's life-changing, man. It's awesome. We've and talked keep... about that before with, uh, yeah. it's always nice to hear people that aren't, aren't your family 
or like yeah. your close friends say it because it, it feels a little bit more uh, like an affirmation at that point. Um, but but we appreciate, it, man. It takes guests like you and guests that that really are vulnerable with their time and candid with their stories to to even do this. So it, it's all about the guests, man. They, they really put their heart out there, and it's not an easy thing to do. You know, people you know are going to be listening to it. Um, and they still come on here and make an impact. So it's amazing the guests that we've had on for sure. No, I appreciate it. It's a blessing. It's a blessing to have an army. And you talked about your support group, and I'll give you the Jackie. It's a blessing to have an army of people that have the same mind, the same intentions, the same dreams. Because when you feel like you're falling short, you leave. Jackie, go ahead. This is like, you had me emotional during the keep going moment because this is like full circle for me. I remember in like sixth grade health class, you were like the first health teacher I had that actually taught me about mental health. It wasn't like, it, I remember like one of the first days of class we did like smart goal setting. And it's like, we had to write down a goal we had for the year. And mine was like, get on a roll. And it's like, he's, and you came over and you're like, but how are you going to get on a roll? Like, you can't just try and get it. And you <laughs> told me, you know, like, write down five ways I'm going to get it. Like, am I going to get, what class am I struggling with? How am I going to get extra help? And then you grew, we grew up being close. You coached me. I was at your, I was at your wedding. I watched you, I watched you at your lowest and I kind of saw how that affected you. And I'm just so glad that I'm able to watch you at a high today and see that you're doing well and hear that you're doing well. And obviously you're down South now and I'm up here, but I just have so much love for you. And I'm just so happy to see you where you are right now today and that you're able to be with your family and that you like are doing what's best for you right now. And I'm sure, you know, how happy that makes me. I appreciate that. Like, you know, you know, your family's always, always in my heart forever. So I'll be, I'm, I'm probably coming back to mass in June actually. So we'll probably have to catch up I'm coming back to yeah. see some people. Yeah. Some now Jack, he's making me emotional. <laughs> <laughs> now I got to uh, cry on here. <laughs> I, Dana, I, and I, we always, I say this all the time, like we set these expectations for guests. We we are booked out again until like the summertime. Awesome. And and it's a great thing, right? But like, it's a great problem that we have so many awesome people. We set the bar so high. You've exceeded my expectations times a thousand a day, man. Who you are, what you represent and how I can feel what you're saying, man stay in the industry and keep expanding in what you're doing because you can make such an impact for sure man like i said like thank you guys for having me. like this is like i said i know you know it because you're just like we need more people like you like you're real people you're good people you don't you care about doing what's right and you're creating an avenue for so many other people to help themselves and help others so like i said i hope you guys realize how special it is that you're doing this Dana, thank you man. you man we appreciate, we appreciate you wrap up in two seconds here but i got a couple rapid fire questions nice. for you fine no man All right. one is the personal one i told you i was gonna ask you favorite mike song m-i-k-e dot favorite mike song go oh he did a song i don't even remember the name of it he did a song with this dude Tariq. i'll send it to you i gotta find the name of it it wasn't one of his hits but he was on someone else's and it was awesome i'll send it okay. to you. okay okay i'll be here First and it's foremost, on my phone, but my phone's off, so I don't have messages popping up and stuff on my computer. But I'll send you some stuff. Stuff I'm here for it. Okay, you'll get us that. Appreciate that. Second thing, you had to tell yourself, younger Dana Powers, something about you know at this point, saying to your younger self, as my Pepsi machine next to me kicks on, that was incredible. Um, <laughs> You're good. Something to your younger self at this point in time, Dana. What would you say? 
Ooh, good question. Uh, literally just don't worry about what other people think of you. Like that's been my biggest thing my whole life. I've always been concerned about what other people think of me. And I always thought it was a good thing. Like I want people to know I'm doing this. I want people to be aware I'm doing that. I want people to like me. And it's so, it, I don't think people were realizing. I was talking to actually a kid on my soccer team about this the other day, like how much energy it takes to be negative and worry about what other people are thinking. Like he was, it just, it required, it takes so much effort and it's exhausting. And if you can just get that, wipe that off your plate and just go one step at a time and chase what you love, then God, man, it's such an easier life to live than worrying about what other, everyone else thinks the whole time. It, it's yeah. once again, I'll drop a cliche quote on you. I haven't heard any complaints yet. Wouldn't care if I did. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, man. You got to just live in that zone. It's a lot easier doing things that way. A lot easier said than done. Third and final thing on behalf of the group, we've loved having you on the keep going podcast. We're going to have to have you back as you continue growing in your journey and your life. What can we do for you? You've taken 45 minutes of time. You are on a promotion. You've impacted so many lives. How can we help you Darren? Honestly, as far as helping me, just, Keep going, man. Just keep keep doing what you're doing. I think it'd be cool if you guys like had like teams on here almost. Like not necessarily like 30 kids, but like if you had like three teammates on here that could talk about like how they help each other and what they look out for with each other and stuff. And then I mean you guys, I'm I'm gonna keep looking at more of them, but I've watched some of them. You guys, you guys are nailing it. Like I don't really I don't wanna make this about me as much, but just keep giving avenues, like keep in touch. I think it'll be really awesome for us for to keep in touch after this and then just keep talking about it. Cause I mean, one of the craziest, like you always hear, especially with coaches, like they always talk about the game is 80% mental and the game is 90% mental. And then all their time is spent on the 10 and 20% physical part. Yep. So it's like, on one hand, everyone's preaching that this is important and there aren't enough people actually paying attention to the most important part. So that's where you guys come in and you're crushing it. So just as what you can do for me is just keep going. Hey, man, we appreciate that. We are another humble guest, another humble response to that question. <laughs> All right. Well, Jackie, since this is your guest, you can sign us off, girl. We appreciate you. And Jackie's been amazing, Dana, since oh, you've been with us. She's she awesome. Really Thank you. Appreciate you. All right. I'm about a kid who doesn't care oh, what God. other people think and just follows her heart, man. That's the walking example of it right there. <laughs> hey, it took me a while, but we're here. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Above all else. Keep going, guys. Love you guys. Thanks so much. Thank you, guys. Love you guys. Love y'all.